Hello and welcome to episode 8 of The Sweet Spot on a Farm. I am Zuzana and you are listening to a podcast about healthy eating, healthy living and a lot of healthy food. Yeah, it's kind of always about the food. Talking of which, my next guest is someone who loves Eat Raw Feel Great's food as much as I do. So Barbara, if you're listening, please let's just get over all the annoying stuff that comes with running a cafe and let's just open one. I promise I'll do all the annoying bits as long as you make loads of stunning and tasty food. Please? Anyway, um, this week's guest is John Jozewski of College of Living Nutrition. John has over 20 years of experience in homeopathy and nutrition and he runs a college where he teaches all about the importance of eating nutritiously. Um, I always thought it was all about the nutrition rather than the calories, but sadly, most of us take a long time to finally figure that out. And, well, I suppose that's what this podcast is for. John is a little exception to my rule of interviewing local health, wellness and food professionals. By local, I mean local to the beautiful island of Ireland, because John is an Englishman based in the mainland UK. But um, I have known John for quite a few years and thought that since he was here for his yearly seminar, it would be good to get his take on what it means to be healthy on record and share it with all of you guys. So here it is. Now, before we start, uh, John's voice suffered quite a bit after all day of talking at the seminar. So I really appreciate that he agreed to do the podcast with me anyway. And please excuse the clock ticking in the background. Uh, We were recording in my kitchen and I completely forgot about the clock. And I only realized it when listening back to our session. This old style clock was a gift from my partner and I love the sound of it. It really relaxes me and it reminds me of my childhood home and my grand's kitchen because she used to have the same clock and the sound of it brings me right back. But I appreciate that not everyone likes the sound of it. So I hope it's not as bad as I think it is. Clock aside, enjoy the interview, guys. So... John, this is going to be a little painful interview for you because obviously your voice hasn't recovered from yesterday's seminar. There is no pain, actually. It's just whether you can hear me or not. Okay, well, that's good to know. It's quite hard for me to describe what you do because you do so many things. Mm. And our listeners might not know who you are. And I know you have your hands in a few different things. Mm. But would you be able to summarise what it is Mm. that you do? Sure, yeah. My primary focus has always been, for for such a long time, health and natural health. So at the moment I focus on running the college, which takes up most of my time. That's the College of Living Nutrition, formerly known as the College of Alkaline Nutrition. Why did you change the name of it? Because people don't understand alkaline nutrition, but they think they do. So they, everybody's got a comment to make about it. And also, so, so that, that's the first thing. But also, it, it grew beyond the alkaline. What we've got is the alkaline diet as the fundamental thing. But then, you know, we've got, through, we've got four years, actually five years of teaching. So some people are now going to the fourth year. I've already got the fifth year lined up. And so the alkaline diet, 
is the first weekend of five years. So it's just one thing. So living nutrition is encompasses everything we do. And it's got to be living in the, se- in the sense that you need to live a healthy life. And the food itself needs to be living nutrition. So the, the, the more raw you buy, the more sprouted, the more, the more energy the food's got, the more living it is, the more fresh it is. That's, that's what we want. I started out my career back in the 90s. To be honest, it was before then. I was doing loads of counselling. I, I, I was thinking, like many people think, that you will live longer if you counsel hard enough and you sort all your problems out, that mentally emotional problems and spiritual problems, until all my favourite people, all my gurus, all died of heart attacks when they were quite young, in the 70s. I thought, you know what? If you don't get your diet right, if you don't get your day-to-day living right, you'll die quite early. You'll fall off the mortal core when you get to 80, like everybody else. It's a conveyor belt, and no amount of counselling will get you off that conveyor belt. It'll make you happier. It'll cost you a lot of money as well. <laughs> but, and, I, and I'm totally for counselling. I love it, and when it's appropriate, it's the best thing ever. But if you want to live longer, you need to get your act together with your health and your diet and your exercise regime and your supplements and your tonic herbs and it's got to become part of your life. The college is very different because we look at root cause. Our root cause is the real root cause. So if somebody says, I've got problem A, let's say arthritis, my next question is when did it start? And when I found out when it started, I then say, what changed? So having done that, with every single client forever, since, well, since the 90s. And I've got a few thousand consultations under my belt, and I spend an hour to an hour and a half with every single patient. And that's, that's after they filled out the form. I built up a picture of what changes occurred which caused the problem to start. People were telling me all sorts of things when I was studying. For, I did a four-year course in homeopathy. And nutrition. There's loads of nutrition in it. Back in the early 90s. They, was, they often said the root cause is this. But I thought, how do you know it's the root cause? You know, they come up with some mentally emotional thing. And I would say, how do you know that though? To myself, not to them. I wouldn't challenge them or anything. Um, because there were a few other things that had changed. Or they hadn't asked the questions about other things. Whereas I ask the question about everything, I say, well, okay, mentally, emotionally, what's changed? Physically, what's changed? What's happened to you in the last two years before that symptom arrived? And they just didn't ask the right questions. I never met anybody who asked the right questions. The closest you can get to this, but it's nowhere near as good, and I'll explain why, is functional medicine, which is massive at the moment. You've got that um, Indian doctor that's on telly all the time, Chatterjee. I heard an interview on uh, on BBC Two, I think, radio, which was a couple <clears> of weeks ago. I was actually really impressed that there is a GP out there who's saying this to the medical schools and yeah. to, to the world of the Western medicine, you know, that they really need to change the way they're looking at illnesses. Yes, 
Um, there's a huge caveat that you might have missed, though, which is that the functional medics are primarily doctors. And as far as I'm concerned, they don't look at all the root causes. They've got a select few. So they were, they're they very happy now to look at dairy. And Chatterjee, I, saw, I watched a programme, he picked up on dairy. And it, it's, it healed the, the little boy or whatever it was. Little boy or girl, I can't remember. It healed the boy because they got him off dairy. Um, this other guy has musculoskeletal problems. And he got some musculoskeletal expert in, fixed the problem at source, and that was really good. What I haven't seen is criticism of drugs. They got they, these are doctors, and there lies the problem. You've prescribed antibiotics repeatedly for many years. How do you then switch effortlessly and easily to a? situation where you're saying well, actually antibiotics are bad news when you've prescribed 10,000 people with antibiotics they, they don't do it they don't look at the whole picture that's why the College of Living Nutrition has been funded by nobody <laughs> we're, not in, we're not in anybody's pocket I don't want to quote Trump here but he's, he says nobody ever funded me I'll just tell you what I think is true and I'm exactly the same. I'll tell you what I think is true because nobody ever paid any any of my salary. I'm self-funded. When did <clears> you actually open the College of Living? It was about five years ago. But prior to that, we were running loads of seminars like we did yesterday in Belfast. We were also running lots of uh, retreats. And prior to that, I was running family holidays and things like that for 10 years prior to that but we've been running retreats for 10 years we show them how to detox we um, get great chefs in great food so just simple things like showing people how to live on healthy food for 48 hours i don't really want to talk about this but i kind of i i can't help myself because detox is quite controversial word and um you know uh, uh, the the traditional medicine obviously doesn't recognize the detox and i hear it all the time that detox doesn't exist and detox is nonsense but maybe detox might not be the right word for what it actually means what does detox do what does it mean basically you've got a problem in that you want to make sure that you're ingesting food and breathing in good air and you you're able to utilize the energy from that and you want to minimize all the bad things that the body then needs to get out of your system which shouldn't be there. So if you're eating non-organic food, so you you eat a bunch of strawberries, and then the body's got to get them out. Now it's got this thing called methylation, it's got liver detox pathway one and two, where the body will try and get this stuff out naturally. But there's so much bad stuff going in that shouldn't be in the body that you need to get it out. And you might get it as far as... I mean, when, when the liver does its job, it will dump the bad stuff the toxins into your bowel and that's where I take a load of zeolites to mop up all the bad things and they, they attract these bad things because they've got a different charge on them so they've got a positive charge and zeolites attract anything with a positive charge which shouldn't be in the body it soaks it up and you poo it out so you've got to use brown seaweed zeolites 
C60 and a few other things for get mopping up the bad stuff so it doesn't damage your bowels. It's so escorted out effortlessly without you know causing problems for you in your bowels. So would it actually not just help, obviously, if people just didn't put the bad stuff in the body and then all the buying expensive supplements, they wouldn't need to do that. So the, the, the only thing that maybe we should do is just eat the right stuff and not put the bad stuff in and make sure our organs work properly and the body takes care of it itself rather than putting bad stuff in and then trying to get it out. Yeah, I would always say that that is the best policy um, because prevention if you like or avoidance of putting bad things in is by far the best way forward having said that people don't always realize what what toxins are around so people still drink tap water with chlorine in it people still drink water which has got a higher tds total dissolved solid of 50 and that will clog you up You've still got things like the build-up of fibrin, which we don't really understand, but it will build up. I mean, this this comes to light because men, sorry to be so graphic, but they do lose their sexual potency and their ability to have perfect erections as they age. And that's a build, partly as a result of fibrin building up, which stops the blood flow to the penis. So we've got systemic enzymes, which you take for that to dissolve the fibrin and get it out so you can go back to normal. It also dissolves fibrin everywhere in the body where it shouldn't be. So you've you, you got, you got build-up. Now, the TDS thing is very important because if you're drinking water, it's full of bad calcium. There's nothing good about the calcium in water, contrary to what anybody might believe. So I drink distilled water with a TDS of zero. There's no bad calcium. If you want to avoid osteoarthritis, you should switch to the distilled water. And people say, "Yeah, hey, hang on a bit, John. You know, I bought an expensive Kangen machine, or what? You know, an alkaline machine that makes water really good. They are really good because they've got hydrogen in them, which boosts your immunity. But it doesn't remove the TDS. And if you don't get the TDS down, your your body will clog up." with calcium and you've got to get it out the other thing is that your ability to detox varies from one person to another so i know your partner for example had um, a dna test and that will show you how powerful his detox pathway one and two is in his methylation then he needs to prop that up with b vitamins and a few other things like um, beetroot on the methylation front so that he can actually detox just what what is natural wastage from from really good organic food even. You've still got toxins from that that, that you need to get rid of and out of the body. You, you're, you're a highly efficient processing machine, the body is, and it will produce a shed load of toxins, a lot of carcinogens even. <clears throat> I'm not quite sure what... what I understand correctly the word toxin. What, what, what does oh, the no, toxin no. mean? Does it mean well, is it just a waste? If you eat rice, what's that got in it? Arsenic. Mm. So somebody eats a bowl of rice, how are you going to get the arsenic out? You know, it's, it's got to come out. Uh, whatever food you've got, you know, nuts and seeds, they, they've got toxins on them. 
that the body will react to if you don't get them out. You know, like the phytic acid build-up and things like that. I mean, you try and, you know, soak the nuts and all the rest of it, stop, stop the build-up, but caffeine's a toxin. So if you have a cup of coffee or tea, that's a toxin that you need to process out. If you walk down the street, you, you, unless you live in a cave, you're going to breathe in fumes from the roads. By toxins, we mean heavy metals and all the stuff that our body yeah. doesn't Plastics. need or can't have in large quantities to actually work properly. You, the, the, the liver will detox plastics out. It will detox out. I wouldn't recommend the pill for anybody because it's toxic. But the liver detoxifies all those bad hormones out. Those artificial hormones. If you come home with a tin of organic baked beans, it's still wrapped in, it's still got a layer of plastic. Mm. And so you will have plastic going in. If you have a shower and you didn't put a filter on, you'll be bombarded with a whole shed load of chlorine and it will where the shower comes hits you is on the neck and that's exactly where the thyroid is mm. and the thyroid has needs iodine mm. and the chlorine competes with the iodine and then the chlorine gets in your body and you need to detox that out so you need to get the plastics out the heavy metals out from your food so basically <clears throat> detox or detoxifying means to help the liver yeah, you're constantly supporting the liver. You've only got one liver, so you really want to take the pressure off it. And a lot of the detoxification mechanisms built in the liver, they're very expensive in terms of how much they cost the body to run. So the less food you eat, the less input you have, the longer you're going to live. Because if you eat a lot, it's got you're going to put your liver under so much strain. And it's the, that is the one thing that you will live longer if you eat less. The organ that takes all the pressure off the liver is the gut. It will detoxify so much out, as long as it's in good shape. So you need to look after the gut, stay alkaline, stay raw, stay clean, stay off the gluten, stay off the dairy, or any, even nuts and seeds, because they're, they're all going to... You become allergic to all of that stuff, you know, if you overdo it slightly. Like almonds, they're the most alkalizing nuts. And I, I grew, developed a food sensitivity to almonds, so I can't eat them anymore. Well, not for a while, till it all calms down a bit. So you need to vary your diet considerably. Don't overeat ever. And make sure that you put the prebiotics and the probiotics in. The biggest misconception about probiotics is you know you got everybody bangs on about you walk by a billion of these and a billion of that uh, and it's of one species and that will cause an upset and an imbalance I don't put anything in there unless it's got these 14 species but we have got a secret weapon which is the the uh, colloid of life which is sell on our website. Well, sure, wouldn't be the secret weapon just to ferment and let wild fermented foods into your body because that will give you variety of... That's what I love about <clears throat> fermenting foods, that it's just... A, it's, it's a way to preserve the food so it lasts longer. Yeah. But also it gives you so many good bacteria. There's always a caveat, you know, that that, that is so good. And the fermented food, I love it. 
like with everything, you, variety is important, and to give yourself a break is also important. So you just have to switch things around quite a lot. You know, I, I love fermented foods, and I'll eat them for a couple of days, and then I'll have a break, and then I'll get back on them. Because I don't want these things building up. That build up whatever you whatever it is you eat, you got you got to vary it. You need like fifty different things a day, and and then the next day try and do fifty different things from that. Talking of which, what is your diet like? Is is becoming more and more simple. The less processed it is, and the quicker it is, the more I eat of it. So let's say in the morning I'll get up and yeah, I'll get a few supplements into me. So I'll have. The usual drink of water, which has got a splash of chlorophyll in, and it's got some plasma pH drops in, so just to keep me totally alkaline. I'll have a drink of um, drink of that water, and I'll take zinc, mega food zinc, and B12, because I do get nosebleeds if I don't if I forget to take the B12. After about a week, I'll get a nosebleed. You've got to be very careful when I'm talking about supplements. These are the best supplements I could find that, that avoid the pitfalls. So all B vitamins, uh, when I say all of them, 99.9% of B vitamins are now made from petroleum. So they do the job. You take the B vitamin, it will show up in your blood test as you've got plenty of B vitamin. But the problem you've got is that it's made from petroleum and you wonder why cancer is going through the roof. Well, if you put petroleum in the body, which is what you're doing, then that's a strong carcinogen. And vitamin C, all made in China, vitamin C is really bad news. It does the job. It gives you a blast of vitamin C. But when you look at it in under a microscope, um, and you do, do, you look at the shape of the vitamin C molecules, then they are... Not right. They're not properly postcoded. They're too uniform. If you if you take something like amla, with Indian gooseberry, or you take vitamin C from food, it's got a completely different shape, and that shape is all critical. Uh, it's effectively what, in simple terms, it's what I call it properly postcoded. So when you take a little bit of amla. It goes to exactly where the body needs it to go to, and it does the job. So you're talking about basically taking food-derived natural supplements, yes. or probably the best way is to just get enough vitamins and minerals from actual food, eating the right yeah. foods. Yeah. But if we do need to supplement, I know that you, you guys offer a lot of supplements on your yeah. website. Yeah. How do you source your supplements? Well, the first thing is I work out if there's a need do we need to boost immunity? Yes. And then we look for the list of things that you need for immune boosting. And it's pointless me doing a seminar and not giving the opportunity to people to get excited about stuff and think, I'll give that a go. I want to give it a go now. That's why we bring the shop. So that if you want to give it a go, boosting your immunity, here you've got your cordyceps, you've got your amyloid, and you know whatever to boost your immunity that's the driving force behind it now if you can just pop out to your shop and buy amla then i wouldn't bring it anything that you can buy from a normal shop and i know it's clean 
then mm-hmm. I'd just say, what's the point of me bringing it, you know? But you'll, you'll be amazed. So, for example, when you start looking at coconut oil, it's so much hype about bad stuff. So you walk into a health store, and the one important thing that you should look for is never mm-hmm. actually written in any health store on any coconut oil. The first thing you should look for is, is it super critically extracted? If you're having coconut oil and it says organic, some well-known brand that think are trustworthy, you then eat it. But you miss the most important thing, that actually that coconut oil, how did it get, how did you get the coconut oil out of the coconut? Yeah, I actually don't know. Well, unfortunately, the only way I know is the two methods. Either you use a chemical, so it's still raw, and you just put a chemical in to dissolve the oil and get it out. It's still raw. Okay. Or you buy a very expensive machine called a supercritical extraction machine, 20 grand, and you extract it using no chemicals and keep it raw. And that's what we look for something that actually is truly beneficial as a supplement and not partially beneficial. So when you're sourcing out supplements? We're looking for the supplement that meets all of our criteria, which means that it won't do you any harm whatsoever. But even well-known companies, you think, oh, trust them. Don't trust them. Write to them. Don't trust me. Write to these organisations and say, how did you get that oil out of there? What are your B vitamins made from? And it's only by you doing that that they will then bring out. So B vitamins, and then they'll bring out a new pot, which is food state B vitamins. They'll keep the old ones, whatever, five quid. And they'll have the food state ones at 20 quid. Because they've received 75 letters from people saying, I'm not buying your stuff unless you can confirm it's got no petroleum in. And then they'll, eventually, they will click, hopefully. I'm being optimistic. So, we're running out of time, but would you quickly tell me, because you obviously, um, you're eating a lot of vegetables and your diet is probably Mm. really, really clean. Do you have a favourite vegetable? You know what? I don't have any any favourites. I've never had any favourite foods particularly. I remember getting in the other day and I could not eat any broccoli. I opened the fridge and there was a, 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 a pile of broccoli, you know, a, a broccoli stem there and I thought, no, I can't eat it. But I know a few days before that, I was dying for a broccoli. So it does, it changes from one day to another. Okay. Do you have favourite food at all? Food? Mm. I don't have any favourite food. And you know what? I can't even replicate smoothies. I always change what I'm doing with the smoothies. And there'll be one that I make, and I'll, I'll drink it, and it'll be, oh my God, that's perfection. And I won't even be able to remember what I put in. <laughs> you're, you're really big into smoothies, aren't you? You're bound to have a favourite smoothie, at yeah, least. I do like a really good banana smoothie, but I, you know, I can have the best banana smoothie, and then the next day I'll make it, and it'll be, it won't taste good. I'll have moved on from that. It, but I do like a banana smoothie. What do you put in your banana smoothie? If you remember. <laughs> right, there's a, a huge thing here. The smoothies are very important to me because it's a delivery system. 
So, for example, if you were to rebuild your infrastructure, your uh, or maintain your infrastructure in terms of bones, tendons, and muscles, and all of that business, even the inside of the bones where the stem cells are, you don't want them crumbling in a hurry because you want to you want to be generating stem cells for a long time to come. Your teeth they need to be strong, all of that now. The infrastructure is built or helped with eucomia, E-U-C-O-M-I-A, a very ancient tonic herb. And the eucomia is a bitter herb, but you, you, you need to take it every day, a quarter of a teaspoon every day. If you don't take the stuff, you won't get any benefit. I can sneak in a bunch of tonic herbs. Or even, I mean, I don't like taking tablets, you know, but I can blend them in and just drink the smoothie. So it's a great delivery system. It doesn't, to me, the taste is irrelevant, really. I've got, I've got a very refined palate and very sensitive stomach. If I eat anything that I think is doesn't taste good, I, I won't ever make it again. But I have eaten in all the best restaurants in the world. These are, like, unbelievable restaurants. So I know what good food is, and I love it. No, I actually, I don't really like eating out. I think I'd rather make something really nice at home, because I don't trust other people what they put in my food. That's a big issue for me. Yeah, I, you know what? Like yesterday, Barbara's stuff, I just loved it. Well, I would trust Barbara yeah, yeah, making me yeah, food, but Barbara's yeah. only one Barbara, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, unfortunately, she doesn't run a restaurant, which no, is a great shame. It is a shame, yeah. But there are people like that. Like, I just love going to Raw Volution in LA. I'd recommend, if you go to LA, go to Raw Volution and definitely have a smoothie in uh, Truth Corkings. Harry, go make a smoothie again. Bloody hell. Will you yeah. give me a good smoothie recipe? <laughs> A very simple smoothie recipe is a bit of coconut milk with a banana and throw in a few tonic herbs. Is as simple as that? Simple as that, yeah. Brilliant. There you go. We got one after a lot of you. <laughs> You're going to miss your plane. Oh no, the, the plane is a little bit later than I thought. So we have a bit of time. Well, maybe, do you know what? Would you have three top tips? How yeah. to stay healthy. Yeah. Actually, before you give me your tips, mm. staying healthy or being healthy or eating healthily, all this means different things for different people. What does it mean for you to eat healthily? To eat healthily, you just follow simple guidelines, which is make sure it's organic or above. So you've got organic, then what's above that? Wild. What's above that? D-Dow. So, uh, or Demeter. And then, then D-Dow. So there's a strict hierarchy in terms of food. And you switch to 100% organic. That, to me, means eat healthily. And then you print off the free list of acid and alkaline foods off the website. Uh, so if you, if you have a look at feelgoodalkalinehealth.co.uk, there's a free... Uh, on the right-hand side, there's a list of freebies, and you can click on that. And it will, you can download the um, list of acid and alkaline foods. If you just stop yourself from becoming acidic by eating mostly alkaline food, that solves all your problems without you having to think about it. In that you, your blood sugars will never go above 7.2, unless you've got a problem already. And your 
fat, your cholesterol will resolve itself, your blood, blood pressure will resolve itself, is by making sure that you eat from the alkaline list. And then, so you're talking about organic, alkaline, and then raw. Cooked food should be a treat, not a mainstay. I've, I've put my caveats in about the fermented food. I think it's all brilliant, but make sure you don't do it all the time. You can eat sprouts all day long, sprouted food, but fermented food has got, I, just, I think it's tyramine. It builds up, so you just don't go crazy on that. So the, the, that's the food. It's got to be tasty, but you know what? To me, it, it's... I mean, the reason why this works is you, you stay super slim as well because it takes so long to eat this food. You can't eat that much. After a while, you think, you know what, I'll go and watch a bit of telly or something because I've been chewing for so long. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're my top tips for eating. But try and make it tasty. Hang out with people that know how to make it tasty. The college is full of them. So that's food. So how about some tips how to stay healthy? So, but you want my top three tips, don't you? Yeah. Because I'm not going to give you top tips that everybody knows about already, about, you know, keep your blood sugars under control and stay slim and do loads of exercise and eat clean, organic food. We know all that. It's the t What I'm interested in is the top tips that... Are next on the list and the number one the number two and the number three are all the same thing what's going to take you out if you're leading the perfect life is your teeth you must look after your teeth when you buy a horse the first thing you look at is the teeth with a human the first thing you need to look after is your teeth it's no different and the worst thing you can do the two worst things you can do is put mercury in your teeth because that will not only cause horrendous mental health issues at some point in your life it will catch up with you and the other worst thing you can do is have a root canal because you've got the image of the tooth that is still there you think your teeth your tooth that's got the root canal filling you think it's intact but it's severed from the blood supply and the thousands of tubules that you've got in that tooth become infected with bacteria and the immune system can't get near it. The, the immune system's been, it's relying on the blood supply to get into the tooth and it keeps an eye on it. As soon as you have a root canal, that blood supply is severed. You've left all these tubules empty and they all fill up with bacteria and they start launching attacks on different parts of the body. I actually never understood the root canal. Because to me, if you have a root canal, surely that'll kill the tooth. So why not just take the tooth out? Well, the reason why you don't take the tooth out is because it you might look weird if it's your front tooth. Yeah. I if suppose. it's a back tooth, you don't want to take it out because it's more difficult to chew without the actual physical presence mm. of the tooth. So, and they see it as an aging, age-related problem. Then you think, oh my god, I lost a tooth. You know, I'm, I'm getting old. So, the most people won't contemplate having the tooth removed. But if it's at the point where it's root canal, you need to think of a solution because you'll have 
shed load of problems. So what is the alternative? There are a number of alternatives. I mean, this, this was all highlighted back by Hulda Clark in the 1990s. She was talking about root canals. And then she was talking about this French guy that invented the root canal that's safe. But I never found this guy. It was before the internet. Um, you need to do some research, find out if a root canal can be replaced with a root canal that's safe. That's the first thing. If, if you have the tooth out, then I had a client who had a, a root canal in the front left tooth and he had the tooth out, but then put a, a false tooth in that was glued to the other two teeth. And it looks perfect. It looks fine. I'd rather have that than a root canal, put it that way. But that's putting... How do you glue it in like wouldn't it be putting uh, from one tooth to the on both sides yeah but you slot it in it glue, glue on yeah, the side then you're putting glue in your mouth yeah but the the glue is much less toxic than a root canal where you've got a shed load of bacteria attacking every organ in the body or different mm. organs in the body so the, the secret is to just look after your teeth though you don't need a root canal <clears throat> Well, yeah, but it's tricky because do you, how do you do it? How do you, how do you know if there's a slight problem brewing underneath? And unless you have x-rays, you won't know. So that's the big dilemma. Do you have low-dose x-rays? My recommendation is you should now and again, yeah. But if you've got any pain, you've got to have one. Low-dose radiation, low-dose x-ray. You need to find out straight away what the problem is before it gets into a root canal. So you really have to go for dental checkups every six months. You have to look after your gums as well. That's another top tip, gums. And you have to make sure that they're pristine. So the regime I use is brush teeth with the dental powder that we've got on our website. That we formulated ourselves, which hasn't got any bad stuff in like fluoride or calcium. You know, most of the... Health, health toothpaste have got calcium in, calcium carbonate. If you ingest that, you, you're about to square one with all this calcium build-up in the body. You're, it's difficult to get out. So we've got toothpaste, brush that with an ionic tooth toothbrush. You brush gently and it still gets all the plaque off and all the dirt off. And then I use neem enamelizer, which you can get off our website. And that is that will remineralise the dental and enamel to preserve it for as long as possible. And then use our mouthwash. It's minty mouthwash, alkaline mouthwash. And then um, use essential oils, myrrh or happy gum drops we sell. And you just put it on your finger and spread it all around the gums and it kills anything that shouldn't be there. Of course, I assume that everybody flosses every day. And I use that, I just, Never allow anything to build up. But at least twice a day, morning and evening. And make sure you floss in between as well. Well, look after your teeth, everybody. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Suzanne. It's great what you're doing here. Thanks. Your book is amazing. Got it on our website as the only book. Um, oh, I feel really chuffed now. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Um, and I know how dedicated you are. So. Well, thanks for the chat. You're and welcome. Uh, I suppose we'll see you next year at another seminar. Hopefully, yeah. I'm <laughs> up for it. Always up for it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
Talking of teeth, um, I have to say that while I don't quite believe claims that using fluoride toothpaste can be dangerous, unless of course you're ingesting the paste and you do it often, I do not agree with dentists who say that we have to use a fluoride toothpaste. Um, to me, that's just nonsense. Um, we do not need fluoride in our dental care. There are other natural substances that do exactly the same job. I speak, of course, just from very personal experience. I was diagnosed with fluoride allergy as a teenager uh, by a dermatologist. And um, so I haven't used any fluoride tooth care products since. It's been over 20 years since I have used any product containing fluoride. And my teeth have been healthier and stronger than they were when I was a child. It is of course true that there are many fluoride-free toothpaste brands on the market that aren't that great. And some of them I wouldn't use. My advice is always read your labels, do your research and mouthwash is also really important. Talking of which, my lovely friend Roisin from the Little House of Calm, whom we had on the podcast in the last episode, has kindly given me a homemade mouthwash recipe. The way Roisin cooks and prepares things is by using her senses rather than following set measurements. So while I can give you all the ingredients you'll need, I can't give you any guidelines as to how much of what, because I do it really kind of whatever I feel like when I make the mouthwash which is probably not the best way of doing it but um Roshin promised that she will make the mouthwash at the weekend and she's going to write down how much of what she's using and she'll get back to me so when that happens I will share that on social media I will post it up but for now what you will need for Roshin's homemade mouthwash is fresh mint leaves um fresh calendula flowers, although I've recently discovered that actually, of course, you can't get calendula flowers all year round. And when you can't, what you can get is dried marigold petals. So that's fresh mint leaves, calendula flowers, peppermint essential oil, clove butt essential oil and cinnamon essential oil. Now try to get organic variety of these organic and food grade. They can be quite expensive to begin with, but once you invest into small bottles of essential oils, it's actually really cheap to make. So it will not just keep your breath fresh but and your mouth healthy, but it will stop you from spending endless amounts of money on commercial and expensive mouthwashes. It is investment worth making. So that's the oils. Then you'll need Himalayan pink salt and some spring water. And what you do is you'll cover the rinsed fresh mint and the flowers in spring water. Please do not use tap water. Filtered water is alright, but if you can get spring water, that's the best option. Bring it to boil um, for about five minutes. Well, that's what I do. And uh, then turn it down and simmer for further 15 minutes then set aside and leave it just leave it sit in the pot overnight then the following morning you strain it you can throw out the mint and the flowers and you keep the extract you add a pinch of salt and a couple of drops of each oil but as i said i will update you with the actual quantities don't use too much of the essential oils there's no need too much of everything even the good thing is not great so keep it just a couple of drops 
Um, now store it in a dark glass bottle away from direct sunlight. You can keep half of it handy in the bathroom for your use. It'll last for a couple of weeks and you can keep the rest of it in the fridge if you're going to make a big batch. I prefer to make it maybe every two weeks just so it's fresh all the time. See? It's super easy. Now, um, John mentioned DNA test in connection with methylation. And yes, my partner did get DNA test done. It was a DNA test specifically for fitness. And um, there's a part of the test that talks about methylation and about the liver function and the ability to remove unwanted substances from the body in layman terms. And in that section, it tells you how strong or weak your ability to eliminate those substances is and his ability showed as very strong so lucky him um i think if i had the same test done it would show as really weak but this just shows you how different we all are and tests like these while they are really expensive they could be a great way to figure out things about your body that you may you may be suspecting but aren't completely sure about or simply a way to uncover new things about your body that can help you prevent develop certain conditions or can help you tackle your existing conditions in the right way saying that i'm not a doctor it's just an assumption based on my um, own research and personal experiences. But um, I do believe that knowing as much about your body as you possibly can is incredibly invaluable in terms of staying healthy. And learning how to listen to your body is just as important. <clears throat> and on that note, I have started listening to my body a bit more and I decided to sleep a lot more than I have done in the past while which is the reason why the regularity of this podcast has seriously suffered. Having a full-time job and trying to tackle the sweet spot is all quite time-consuming and as much as I enjoy both very much, I have been neglecting my sleep and with the last couple of episodes I just had to surrender. So while I will keep trying to keep this as fortnightly thing, you may have to excuse me if we slip a week or more behind. Saying that, um, I'm obviously not the only person who's tackling this podcast. This podcast wouldn't happen without all the lovely people who have agreed to give up a couple of hours of their time to share their knowledge with me and with you. So big thanks to everyone who has already done so and anyone and everyone who has agreed to give their time to me in the future. It also wouldn't happen without you, the listeners. So thank you for following this week's pod on the farm. Have a good couple of weeks and stay healthy. As every episode, your host is myself, the author of the Sweet Spot Cookbook. Music is by Mark J. Adair of Singwood Studios and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening. Until next time, bye. Mm-hmm.